Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to Scott Lieberman on Leading the Charge. Hello everyone, this is Scott Lieberman on Leading the Charge with Believe in Chargers, only on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? This week we cover the Chargers' loss to the Broncos and how Melvin Gordon factored there. I said it, people, I said it last week, not to sleep on the Broncos. We take a look ahead to this week's showdown versus the Steelers. I make my NFL picks as Jack is out for yet another week for travel. He really lives a tough life, I tell you. I have a new co-host coming to join me in the form of former Chargers linebacker Kyle Emanuel. And we answer listener questions, as always, all here on Leading the Charge. Just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us on the web at Believe.com and Believe Podcasts on all your social media devices and accounts. Please come find me on Twitter at TheGoodSport82. That's at T-H-E-G-O-O-D-S-P-O-R-T. For all your sports-specific updates, Chargers questions you may have, and every now and then, more times than I can count, a little humor. Also, in case you are interested in some of our other programming here on the Believe Network, take a listen to the LA Football Network with hosts Ryan Deerid and Talon Graff. They are your go-to guys for all the latest things on LA sports. Now, aside from being a podcast host, I would like you all to know that I just recently finished directing and editing a, a little documentary short about my grandpa Benny, who I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago. Now, Grandpa Benny was a big hero of mine. He was just uh, everything I needed in life uh, for positivity and just always a great guy to talk to. And just he had just a certain presence about him and just a suave ability to uh, just set the tone for what it's like to be a man and what it's like to just be a good husband, a good father, just all things good about him. And um, I'll never forget. Uh, you know, before going to bed when I go see my grandparents, and I think I touched on this a little bit a few weeks ago when I talked about it, giving him a kiss and hug goodnight in his little little leather recliner chair um, while he and my grandma were watching TV in the uh, the living room. It's just one of those things that, you know, always stuck out to me. But yeah, I made this little documentary. I interviewed my mom, my dad, and my 98-year-young grandma. God bless her heart and soul. And uh, I put a little something together, and uh, from what people are telling me, it was a pretty damn good job. So I'm excited for people to see it. I may subscribe. Uh, excuse me. I may submit it to a few Jewish film festivals here and there, or even just regular film festivals. So we'll uh, see what happens with that. Um, but I'm very proud of it. It was, uh, you know, to sum it up, it's a love letter to my grandpa Benny. So wherever he is in heaven, uh, grandpa, I love you and uh, I miss you. Right now, I'm on a uh, 80s and 90s action movies binge. I watched uh, Roadhouse the other night, followed by Cliffhanger. And uh, I watched this really great documentary about Patrick Swayze uh, called I Am Patrick Swayze. 
It was it aired on the uh, Paramount Network, but I think you can get it for free on YouTube um, if you just go there and type it in the uh, search engine. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, what a great guy he was. Seemed like just the uh, you know class act, head of the class type of guy. Everybody who knew him loved him, and uh, he always liked to keep to himself. And I can kind of relate to him. I'm, I'm a very uh, nature, outdoorsy type of guy, and I don't like to be bothered very much. I like to keep to myself. I just really like to appreciate the world around me as it is. And, um, yeah, that's another reason my fiance and I, we love traveling, uh, just to get away, get some air, breathing. Um, and I think you learn a lot about yourself when you go outside um, with not a lot of people around. You learn about the world. You learn about yourself. And uh, you get educated on many things that just a classroom setting cannot provide. But uh, the Patrick Swayze, I Am Patrick Swayze documentary is great. Uh, I'm currently watching Point Break, so I'm still on my 80s and 90s action movies binge. And they don't make them like they used to anymore. I mean, those things were classics. The music, just the tonality of it, the soundtracks that came out from these movies. uh, Just the way they were put together was great, and I loved it. I loved it all. And uh, you should, too. Uh, You can find everything on Amazon Prime, Netflix, uh, any one of your streaming sources. uh, You'll be able to find it. Or you can just rent it off one of your uh, local streaming sites. And um, maybe they have them at Redbox if they're bringing some of them back. We'll see. All right. So for those of you who don't know and those of you who do know, it is Yom Kippur. It ends tonight at sundown. Uh, For those of you who are fasting, I wish you... An easy fast, even though it has, even though I know it is neither fast nor easy. See what I did there with the wordplay? That's right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the Day of Atonement. It's a day where we atone for our sins. Um, and I have a lot of thinking to do. I have a lot of praying to do. And I have a lot of atoning to do um, for my own personal stuff. But uh, don't worry, people. I haven't done anything that bad. But there are things that, uh, you know, need fixing in life like everybody else. So... Yes, I bid everybody a happy, peaceful, and blessed Yom Kippur. Now, L.A. Chargers. As we start every show with a little piece of Chargers history, former Chargers running back LaDainian Tomlinson was voted to the Pro Bowl five times and while winning consecutive rushing titles in 2006 and 2007. Man, how I remember playing fantasy football when he was involved. That guy would score touchdown after touchdown. LT was something special, and uh, they don't make running backs like that anymore. Actually, they do. And the reason why they are the way they are is because of guys like him paving the way for that style of running back. Just that elusivity, uh, pass-catching type of back. Um, He could do everything, folks. Lining up in the slot, lining up in the backfield, lining up uh, wide. You name it, he did it, LT. Class. Class! All right, now, the matter at hand. Chargers versus Broncos. 20-13 to 13 defeat at the hands of the formerly winless Broncos. Brings our record to 2-3. and three. Now, I said, do not sleep on the Broncos. Prior to last week's game, all of their games had been decided by one possession. Okay. There, I mean, a lot of a lot of people will tell you that the that your team's record is the kind of team that you are, and that is pretty true because good teams find ways to win, 
bad teams find ways to lose. Now, I'm not saying the Broncos are a good team by any means, but what does that make the Chargers if an 0-4 team beat a 2-2 team? See what I'm saying? I think the Chargers are, at this point in the season, a bit mediocre, if you ask me. And they can be so much better. They have a lot of talent. Melvin Gordon's back, although I think that may have backfired a little bit, and I'll get into that in just a little bit. But for the highlights last week, Phillip Rivers throwing for 211 yards and two interceptions. Melvin Gordon, 12 carries, 31 yards on the ground, four receptions for seven yards. Austin Eckler, three carries for seven yards, 15 receptions for 86 yards. That's amazing. 15 receptions. That's unheard of, especially from a running back. Eckler, the Swiss Army knife that he is, he's the guy that's going to get you the wins. And now that Melvin Gordon is back, I feel like he cut into Eckler's time a little bit and maybe the game flow for the Chargers to have any chance of winning. Now, I'm not saying Gordon's the reason we lost, but the game script has obviously changed from this week to last week, the last few weeks for that matter. When you bring a guy back in who's been holding out for a while, it messes with the team's chi, if you will. The Chargers have a mission. They have a goal to carry out. And I feel like Melvin Gordon being back didn't exactly help their cause. It kind of interrupted their flow in last week's game versus the Broncos. And I feel like that had something to do with the loss. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. We'll see. But the fact is, is that just something rubbed me the wrong way with Melvin Gordon in there and he and Eckler splitting time. I feel like there was just an inconsistency of movement down the field since Gordon came back. You know, it's kind of like a disturbance in the force. Um, But we'll see. I mean, Gordon's a talented guy. Eckler's a talented guy. It's just that since the beginning of the season, Eckler's been handling the rushing duties and Gordon's been out for a while. So I think that set the Chargers back a bit. But what do I know, right? Uh, Highlight of the day, Desmond King, punt return for the lone touchdown. Gotta love special teams, people. If they're the only ones getting it done during the day, then I don't know what else to tell you on offense or defense. They're the ones that put us in a position to possibly win the game, but we didn't. Two and three record is exactly what the Chargers are right now. They are an inconsistent team. They cannot close games. They have to find something. They have to make the adjustments, as I always say. But they have to find something. Defense, three sacks with one pick by Kazir White. You know, that's good and all, but where are the points coming from? There's no points there. We were outscored. The Chargers, we were outscored 17-0 in the first half. 17-0 in the first half. How are you going to win a game like that unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Washington Redskins in the first game? Broncos closed the game. In the second half, we had a stronger one than the first half with a 13-3 box score. But still, not enough to get it done. But you can't expect to win a game, I don't care how good you are, being down 17-0 in the first half. That's just inexcusable, especially if you're the home team. Defense versus the rush has to be better. Chargers gave up close to 200 yards on the ground. They were gashing. Between Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, they were gashing us. Got to figure out how to get the pressure there to, to, the, uh, to the opposing team's running game. And that's just not something that's going to enable the Chargers to win ballgames. 
But being outscored 17-0 in the first half does not it's not a good look for the future. Chargers have to be better about coming out of the gate strong and having a better game plan. And like I said, with Melvin Gordon coming back, I feel like that kind of messed with the uh, the team's momentum from the uh, previous game against Miami. Coming up, Chargers versus Steelers. It's a home game, but I feel like there may be more Steelers fans than Chargers fans. Steelers fans travel travel absolutely well. They're like the Yankees of football. Everywhere you go, there they are. Now the Steelers are coming in one and four. Like the Broncos, do not sleep on these guys. Loaded with talent on offense, but their quarterback may be down to their third stringer. Last week, they lost Mason Rudolph. But they still have playmakers. It's another non-gimme game. James Conner, much like uh, running back, um, much like any running back who's like a Swiss Army knife, like Eckler, he can do it all. I've had him on my fantasy team twice. And I know for a fact he can do it all. Now, James Conner, that's another story. That's a beautiful story. Guy overcame cancer. He's killing the game. He is killing the game. Juju Smith-Schuster. He, he's a uh, yards after the catch kind of wide receiver. So when he catches those balls, I don't care who's throwing him the ball. Once he gets it, he knows how to move up the field for his team. And defense has to put the pressure on like no other. So these Steelers ain't coming in, uh, you know, willing to back down. They will fight till the bitter end, especially with that AFC North up in the air between uh, looks like the Ravens and the, uh, well, after the Browns' performance the other night, I don't know what to say, but it looks like the Ravens are pretty much making a case to win that division right now. Um, they did beat the Steelers the other day. But, uh, you know, having said that, Chargers on a good day, they'll win this game 20-17. to 17. I mean, if... They don't have a good day, then we all know how that ends. But I feel like they'll come back stronger this week. They'll have a better game plan now that Gordon's back for his second week. 2017 win. And now for your NFL pickums this week, folks. Let's start it up with Thursday's matchup. New York Giants at the New England Patriots. I'm going to go take the undefeated Patriots in this one. Sunday, we have our London game. Hello, you sound like you're from London. Panthers and the Bucks. That's a tough call. I think the Panthers win this one. The way McCaffrey's running the ball these days and catching the ball um, and Tampa's abysmal performance last week versus the Saints, I'm going with the Panthers in this one. Next up, the Incompetence Bowl. Redskins at the Dolphins. You know, I feel like this is the hardest one to pick this week, really. Just because both teams are so bad, you don't know who's going to come out on top. I'm going to go pick my childhood favorites, the Washington Redskins, in this one. I still feel like they can win this game. They do have the talent, um, you know, and Jay Gruden being fired this week. I think Bill Callahan possibly turned it around a little bit for them, uh, get their first win of the season right here. Eagles and Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one because of that stout defense. Texans and the Chiefs. It's tough call. Chiefs were really uh, put to the test last week versus the Colts, and the Colts, Colts uh, took it to them. And to be quite frank with you, I like the Texans' offense better than the Colts. I still think the Chiefs come back in this one and win it. Next up, Saints at Jaguars. I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints in this one because of that offense. 
Uh, even with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, he's doing quite well there. Next, Seahawks at the Browns. I'm going Seahawks all the way. You know, I don't understand the Browns. They were a complete enigma this year. On paper, they like won the Super Bowl in the offseason, and now look what they've done. They get all these primetime games, and they have nothing to show for it except that one Monday night winner versus the Jets. They're really underachievers this year, to say the least. So I'm going to go with Seahawks in that one. Bengals at the Ravens. That's a no-brainer. I'm going to pick the Ravens. Niners and Rams. That is going to be a good game this weekend. Niners and Rams, part of the late games. You know, I'm going to pick the Niners in this one, actually. The Niners got a great defense. They got a great running game. I said earlier in the season, two to watch out for them. I was telling my buddies to, you know, um, Niners could be a team to be reckoned with this year. And uh, it seems they're the team to beat now in the NFC as they're the only undefeated team left in the NFC, that is. Falcons and Cardinals. That's a tough birds versus birds. Uh, I'll go with the Falcons in this one. Uh, I feel like they have more talent on their offense than the Cardinals do right now at this point. Cowboys at the Jets. I think Cowboys will rebound and beat the Jets there. Titans at the Broncos. You know, I'm going to have to go Broncos in this one because they are the home team. And yours truly... Steelers at Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. you got to take the Chargers in this one. I think the Chargers will win in a close one there. And our Monday night matchup. Battle of the AFC North. Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. I'm taking Green Bay in this one. Their defense is revamped. That offense looks hot. Aaron Jones is killing it in the backfield for those Packers. Packers will win that one. All right, now joining me next week on the show will be former Chargers linebacker Kyle Emanuel out of North Dakota State, was drafted to the Chargers in 2015, round five, pick 153. While Kyle was in college, he was a four-time NCAA FCS national champion, also a winner of the Buck Buchanan Award in 2014. In the NFL, he recorded a total of 147 tackles and four sacks, One forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, and one defensive touchdown, having retired from the Chargers in 2018 and announcing his NFL retirement on April 4th of this year. I'm excited to start working with you, Kyle. Thank you for coming. Just a little reminder to you about iTunes that if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us on the web at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on your social media accounts and devices. Now I have two fantasy football defensive pickups of the week. Actually, it's three. One you may not expect, but it's there anyways. First, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions. Then, Dallas defense versus the Jets. Sam Darnold is not back, and as long as he's not back, I would start any defense versus the Jets. And then, the one week you would stream this defense, Washington Redskins versus the Dolphins. You'll thank me later, folks, but this is the only week I would pick up the Redskins defense versus the Dolphins. All right, here we are with questions from our listeners. It's that time of the show, people. Joe from Los Angeles asks, what I think the Chargers will be by the season's midpoint. What's their record going to be? Joe, I see the Chargers being a 4-4 team by week 8. 
There are semblances of winning, but I'm still not yet sold on their ability to close games. So till that happens, I'm calling them a 4-4, four 500 team by week 8. Meadow from West LA asks what Phillip Rivers can do to light a fire under their keisters. Well, Meadow, Rivers has always been a competitive spirit, and you have to admire that. He has to be patient, obviously, and I think he needs to use what he has in the past to get his guys going. It's that sense of urgency. You cannot let the season slip away from a disappointing loss last week. I think they regroup this week, win the game, but that all starts with him as the team vet and leader. So we'll see where he takes them from here. Rachel from Santa Clarita asks if I think Melvin Gordon will be traded by the deadline. For those of you who don't know, Rumor Mill is saying that he may get traded to Buffalo, as Buffalo does need a true RB1 at this point, but that remains to be seen. I'm still waiting for a few sources to elaborate on that, but we'll keep you updated on it. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Scott Lieberman, on Leading the Charge. Once again, we'll be back next week with our new co-host, Kyle Emanuel. I'm going to get to know him a little bit this week. We're going to talk football, talk business, talk chargers, and everything you need to know. Please don't hesitate to tweet at me, at thegoodsport82. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and good night. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.